Next on the number one tee, it's Golf Talk Seattle with your caddy, Josh Kearns, on Sports Radio 950 KJR. Four! Straight down the middle. It went straight down the middle. Ah, uh, yes, sing it, Binger. Greetings, all. Welcome to a special Memorial Day weekend edition of Golf Talk Seattle. I am still your humble caddy, Josh Kearns. And in this episode, I'll take you inside a very special club fitting for a gravely injured vet who isn't letting his battlefield injuries get in the way of his love of golf. But first, what a performance in a major championship last week. No, I'm not talking about Brooks Kepka and the PGA, blah, blah, blah. We've heard enough about that. I'm talking about Shane Pranty. He's the lead instructor at the home course, winner of the 93rd Washington Open Invitational, He had a whopping five-stroke victory Wednesday, shooting five under 67 in the third and final round for a total of 14 under. That five-shot victory, his fourth in a Northwest major, but his first in the Washington Open after finishing second the past two years. Going so low, a major accomplishment in a major on such a tight, tough track. And uh, I had a great conversation with Shane this week, the day after his victory, as he was juggling the, the glow basking in the warmth of his victory uh, as well as changing diapers at home oh thank you josh i'm glad to i'm glad to be here and and it was just a, it was a great week and uh it's still still a little surreal um usually the day after some of these events you kind of look back and it's uh it's almost like was that was that really me out there doing all that so it was, it was a lot of fun well, and, and it's interesting the timing couldn't have been more perfect you know uh, coming right on the heels of the pga championship because this is the best of the players here in our region, not just Washington State, even though it's the Washington Open, but they come from all over the Northwest and further beyond. And these are the best PGA pros as well as top amateurs. And and the difference being, unlike the PGA Tour pros, you guys all have jobs and and you don't have the resources that the touring pros have. And so you have to keep your game at a high level while also still teaching people like me. And And I think it just makes it that much harder. Yeah, correct. Uh, by by the uh, by the very rules of being a P- PJ member or, or an associate, we have to work um, a certain amount of hours a week, and obviously we don't we don't travel around and play on tours. So um, even if you have a great season playing, it's not enough to support a family or anything like that. So definitely, the, you have to corp- incorporate you know your normal work week and family obligations and and so on and so forth into trying to keep your game up and sometimes um, that's easier said than done um, but um, I've been playing for a long long time ever since I was a small small child and, and I've been fortunate to play with a lot of the great players around this area and, and beyond and my dad was a, a really good player and, and so um, even though I don't get as much time as I did in college or, or after I, I still when I get when I practice I really feel like I practice the right things which um, I think I think it's a good lesson for really anybody. Sometimes it's not how long you practice, it's really what you're practicing and the quality of your practice. So that's where I've, I've really learned how to, to to maximize the time that I do get by by being really precise on what, I, what I'm doing. So one of the, you know, you mentioned your playing career, you were a three-time D2 All-American, um, you've played in a USAM, you've played at the highest levels, but I, I would guess that, you know, when you don't get to play in high-level competition on a weekly basis or, you know, regularly like the tour pros do, 
that the mental side of, you know, keeping sharp, not just the game itself, but then when you get thrown back into competition, that that takes uh, even more work than, because it's not natural every single day as if you had been out there week in, week out. Definitely. Um, and I, I think for me, um, that's something that I, that's probably the biggest thing that I have to really keep in mind. Um, you know, I've I've won a lot of big events over the years and played in a lot of a lot of big events, but still, if you're not if you're not in that environment all the time, sometimes your mindset can get a little bit shaky. Just you know you've done it, and you remember how to do it, but you just it's kind of like a foreign you know it's like maybe like speaking a language you you weren't you're fluent in at one point, but maybe don't do it as much as you used to. So you're just not sometimes trusting as much as I would you know back back when I was younger or, or playing more. So. But that was something I worked on really, really hard this week, just knowing that there's going to be ups and downs, especially at a course like Meridian Valley. Um, it's it's tight. It's got, um, you know, tucked pins. And, and it was softer this year, which helped. But you know you're going to have some trouble here and there. And just being able to to plow through that and not lose focus and, and trust and just know that, hey, just right – just survive that half hour or 40 minutes where things aren't going great and then get back on the momentum train and, and keep it going after that. So that was my main goal. And I, and I, I feel like I did really well um, for the most part this week doing that. We're talking to Shane Pranty, the head teaching pro at the home course in DuPont, winner of the 93rd Washington Open by five strokes Wednesday at Meridian Valley. And I loved uh, Craig Smith, the longtime golf writer here in town who I've known forever and still wears white socks with black shoes. But uh I, I know he's not. I know he's not listening. So I, you know, I'm, I'm counting on this will be the one time when he does listen that I'm just taking cheap shots at him. But anyway, I loved. I loved his article in the Seattle Times. The headline says, "You followed your own advice to win the Open," and he's got some quotes from you: "Stay in the moment, make it about me in the course, and if I hit a snag, don't let emotions take over." And it's funny how easy it is for those of us who play, you know, the amateurs out there, to forget that stuff. And we get so worried about, oh, my God, if, is my left wrist pronated or supinated? And, you know, all of these other swing thoughts instead of just some of those things that can keep us in the moment and focused on just the playing golf part. Yeah, I mean, it's it, people always say in sports you hear a lot of cliches, but it, it really is true. I mean, you, you have to find a way to um, – Sure, there's adjustments that can be made if you find you're, you're pushing it or you're, or you're overcutting it or you're drawing it or you're doing something that you're not liking, but you can make an adjustment there. You're always doing that sort of thing, but um, you have to be able to find a way to just to bear down and just focus on that 30 seconds of what's in front of you and, and make the most of it. So many people live, they live three or four holes back or they're thinking about three or four holes ahead. And I know in my own game, when I've gotten in a lot of trouble um, is when I haven't been able to to just stay in the moment and that's that was my whole goal because you know these guys ryan benzel these guys um these guys are great players jeff costin and, and so you can't afford to um be out there wishing and hoping and and worried about what what just happened or what's coming up and i and that was my focus and and some weeks are easier than others but this is a tournament i dearly have wanted to win for a long time i remember i remember qualifying for this event in high school you know because i always just you had to qualify for it back then as an amateur and um, I've always wanted to win it since I was a kid and I've tried too hard and I've lost sight of that, that kind of mindset. And so this, that was my whole focus this week was just to stay in the moment and, and not let 
good or bad affect what was coming up in front of me. Yeah, it's funny that you that you say that. I mean, you went on a great run. At, well, first of all, we got to tell people who aren't familiar. I mean, you finished second the last two years. So I can imagine, like, in my case, I know that in tournaments where maybe I've come close, you know, just club championships, stuff like that, where all of a sudden, uh, you know, I start thinking about, well, geez, I finished second two years ago. Oh, I remember this thing that happened four years ago. I, I hit it in there. It's amazing all that crap that comes up that has nothing to do with what you are doing right now, but that it just, like, the bad memories seem to come up and the good ones I have a hard time remembering. Absolutely. I mean, I think just in general, I mean, bad news, bad news uh, gets more headlines. Just if you watch the news and that, so there's not a lot of people talking about all the great things going on in the world. And sometimes your mind just goes to uh, wherever you it could be anything where the last time you were there, oh, this, this thing happened and I blew it or I hit it over here and made seven or whatever. And I, you know, and you, you know, if you play a course a lot, you definitely have history, but um and I think that was the biggest thing this year is I, I, I got quick. I wanted it too bad. And I started trying to force it and got a little bit quick, you know, had, had a couple drives that were pretty errant. And, and all I was thinking about was just being the moment, the shot I was trying to hit, breathe and, and my tempo, just keep my tempo consistent. And I think I hit nine fairways yesterday out of four, 14 and I hit 11 um, on Tuesday and I hit 15 greens both days and, and I'm a good, I'm a pretty good putter and I have a good short game. So if I'm hitting 15 greens around and nine, nine to 11 fairways, I'm going to, I mean, 67 is par now. And so my whole focus is just give myself, keep myself in play and leave the ball below the hole and, and let the chips fall where they may and, and just see what happens. And it worked out, worked out well. So you've won player of the year, your top teacher, when you're working with your students, though, one of the big obstacles I know in my case is I mean, I can go out and shoot, you know, I, I'm only nine, so I, I, I'm not going to go out there and be competitive with, with obviously with the top players. But I know in my own game, I may shoot, say, 37, 38 on the front. And then I start to think, oh, wow, I, I haven't gone this low before or whatever. I, if I just do this, this and this going forward, I could shoot my career round, blah, 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 blah. And the next thing I know, I'm shooting, you know, 45 on the back to get right back to sort of that you know, I've shot 83 or something. So what do you tell your your students? How do you approach it so that you can just sort of keep moving and break through maybe some of those barriers and turn that, in our case, an 85 into an 80 or turn a 75 into a 70? How do you, you know, what do you tell your students about making those performance, those big jumps? You know, it's sort of along the same lines. I, I think that uh, one of my great Jeff Costin, who I'm, I've become pretty close with over the last few years, he he has a good, he has a saying that I really have started to use with my with my kids and really with my students and some some of my high school kids and college kids that I work with is give yourself permission to be great. And I think what he means by that is, um, and, and the way I've kind of viewed it myself is, you're all people are always taking inventory of their life whether it's their job or their whatever they're doing their how they're playing you know they're on their basketball league or their or how their their rounds of golf are going and so they're, they're always comparing and contrasting and when they get in situations that are out of their comfort zone they really start to um they really start to um their, their body chemistry starts to change their mindset changes and, the, and they start thinking about everything that they that they should they start thinking about everything except what they should be thinking about and so when i'm when I'm out there with a kid, I love getting people on the golf course. I think I think lessons on the on the lesson tee are great and short game and everything else. But I like to go out and play with my students, or you know, go out and have a playing lesson with them, or go out and watch them play holes because I can see how they respond 
in situations and kind of interact with them as they go along. Why did you hit that shot? Or what, or what were you thinking when you, what, what's your mindset when you're doing this shot, you know, and kind of figuring out what, why they're thinking what they're thinking when they're thinking it. And, but the thing, but the reality is, is there's no, there's no, there's no sexy way to get from 85 to 80. The only way you can do that is you have to, you have to put in the, you have to put in the work. You have to know you've got, you have to have a good short game and you have to, you know, be working on something that's going to help you. But, but mainly it comes down to, are you, do you have a process and are you staying, are you staying on task for what you're trying to do? And a lot of people don't have a, they don't have a pre-shot routine that they can trust. They don't do the same thing every time they set up to the ball. They, they don't really, they don't think about course management. They don't think about where they want to leave their next shot. They don't think about any of that stuff. All they think about is, oh my gosh, I'm going to shoot 37 or I'm going to shoot 35. And then all of a sudden there's no, there's no, it's like a ship out in the ocean with no, there's no anchor. There's no sails. They're just literally all of a sudden they're just completely getting blown, blown off track. And so I really work hard with, in my own game and with kid with the kids that I work with and the students that I have that, that really want to put in the work is just, enjoy the process of getting better. You're going to fail in golf more than you succeed. But if you can, if you can start to be more disciplined in your practice, work on your short game, because your short game is going to be huge as far as bailing you out of trouble when you hit some bad shots or get nervous, you miss a green, being able to get up and down and make those putts. But just, just focusing on um, how do I step up to the ball every time the same way, picture the shot you're trying to hit, and then hit it with some conviction like you're going to, like you mean it, and see what happens. So many people, they can't see it, they can't feel it, and they go ahead and hit it, and then wonder why they, why they, uh, and they're, all they're thinking about is the 15th hole or the 12th hole coming up, or they made nine last time, and then what do you know, they make nine. So just, it, it, it's hard to explain, but it, you know, there's no way to get around it. It's just it's trial and error. You got to just keep doing it, but you got to learn something each time you go through something like that when you're not playing well. and. Uh, or you, or you blow an opportunity to have a great, a great round, and then the next time you get there, you attack it from a different angle. You, you just keep coming up to it, and eventually you start to get the hang of it, I feel like, for most, for most people anyway. Right, right. So you work at the home course, which anybody who's listening who has not ever played the home course, I mean, it, it, I, mean I, I would argue, you know, it's one of the best in the state. Uh, and for daily fee course, and because it's owned by the PNGA, WSGA, it's very affordable. It's always in fabulous shape. And... Um, I love the fact you were telling me before that that the guys Troy Andrew who heads the PNGA and, and your team down there that they are very supportive of your playing and that they consider that an important part of your job and so that's what you know you don't didn't have to be back at work today and they let you take the time to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I uh, I've got a small I've got young kids and my wife my wife has a she has her job. And so we, we've kind of tag team when I'm, when I'm working that she's at home and when she's working, I'm, I'm home. And, but the golf that I wouldn't be as bad as it sounds, I wouldn't be in this business if I didn't have that outlet of competition. I dearly love to compete. I've played since I was a little kid. I played basketball and I played golf and there's just something about sports and being, I'm not going to call myself elite, but just being at a high level and getting that taste of, success and just being out there competing and I I love that and that's and they they appreciate that and they also they know that you know it's it's great for our golf course I mean if I can go out and represent myself well and and play well and and bring honor and respect and and stuff like that to the the WSGA and the home course it's it's good for everybody and and I work hard when I'm there and I and I work a lot um some long days um but the reward is I get to go out and do something I love and that helps provide for my family additionally from what I already do. And then also I feel like is a, 
shines a spotlight on our golf course and, and brings some notoriety to uh, to the to the two to two main amateur bodies of the Northwest. Well, I I, I hope that your uh, lifestyle doesn't change so dramatically with the huge purse that you won because you know that that eight grand uh <laughs> that's 8500 yeah that's the funny thing is i mean i i always feel bad for you guys because you work so hard and when you go and play you know in a regional tournament or whatever and you you, you know you finish third and you make like you know 900 bucks or whatever and, and but you spent two grand for the hotel and the gas and everything getting i don't think people realize the sacrifice that you and all of your peers make in order to continue to play competitively yeah no it's it's uh it's it's not glamorous it's the most i mean everybody that gets in the golf industry or follows the golf industry or writes about the golf industry most of those people start out just with the love for the love of the game and then in the interaction and the relationships that come from the game i mean most of i met my wife because i played golf in college i met her at school i met all most of the people i'm close with i either competed against in college or or met through golf i mean it's it's been a great a great thing for me and I think a lot of people are along those lines where it's just passion for for the game of golf and and there's not there's not a lot of money uh, to be made but obviously you know 8500 bucks and a little tailor-made bonus coming from that I mean that definitely that'll definitely uh, pay a couple bills here and there so I'm very appreciative but it's definitely not it's not as as glamorous as what people would think so um, but every little bit, every every little bit does help, though, for sure. Well, you know what? When you're done with the playing career, you can get into golf broadcasting. I actually pay to put this show on the air every week, which people may not realize. But it's same thing. It's because I love doing it, and KJR is great to facilitate it. But I actually buy this hour. So if anybody thinks I'm doing this, get it. People always congratulate. Oh, hey, congratulations! You know, well. Well, thank you, but the truth is I'm a megalomaniac with an inferiority complex, and I just love doing this. And the stupid thing, Shin, I, I do it for the free golf, but I'm too busy with my real job at the King County Medical Society to play the free golf. So anyway, hey, uh, and, and how's your schedule, by the way? Are you, you know, are you available? Can you can people come take lessons with you? And if not, tell me about your team down there for teaching. Uh, absolutely, yes. Uh, so all my information is on the website at thehomecourse.com. There's a lesson tab. There's uh, all the different tabs for the different areas of the golf course. Um, my email and uh, phone is on there. Uh, I I am a always at the golf i'm either if i'm not if i'm not on the tee then i'll be at the golf around the golf shop somewhere so people can reach it at the golf course if they wanted to call there directly which that information's there as well um i am teaching a lot um and i'm looking at my email today and and they're coming in um by the hour now so somebody must have saw the website uh last night so but we just brought a new a new young pro from eastern washington uh, nick thurston who also played in the event i believe he, sh he shot 76 70 68 so he's a nice a nice player, great young man. He's going to be a class A here in the next few months. So he's going to be doing some teaching as well. So that'll be nice to have some additional help. But yeah, if, if anybody's interested in getting some help with, the, with their game, we that's that's my second favorite thing to do besides playing. So uh, all my information is there and I would love to uh, help if I can. So Right on. And the great thing, you know, you mentioned Jeff Costin and Ryan Benzel. I mean, there's so many fabulous teachers around the region and it all just depends, you know, where you are. Obviously, not everybody's going to be able to get down to DuPont, but, you you know, if you're up north, go see Jeff up in, you know, at, at Semiamu. If you're on the east side, you know, go out and see Keith Bennett over at Newcastle or whatever. And, uh, you know, to me, it's just, you know, go go get the help. Uh, you know, anybody who says, oh, I took one lesson four years ago, it didn't work. 
Um, I, it is, I, I, I hate to say it, but you're, you're just, you're dumb. Uh, <laughs> it's not something you're going to roll out of bed and take one lesson every three or four years and think that you're going to, it's, if it, just like anything worth doing, take some effort. And if people, some people feel like, you know, I'm going to go see Shane Pranty or Jeff Costin, they're going to fix me in an hour. And that's usually not the case. So, um, and then, and then they go out and a lot of folks, you know, unfortunately, well, geez, Jack, you're really not playing very well. And it's, oh, I took a lesson from Pranty down to home course. We'd spent a half hour together. It's just not working. I haven't, I haven't practiced in two months, but it's not working very well. So, um, a lot of that going on. You got that monkey off your back. So lastly, what's the next goal now that, you know, you've won your, your first Washington open, what's next on your, your list of playing goals? Uh, we have the Oregon Open coming up down at Pronghorn next month, um, in which I've I've never played Pronghorn down in Bend, down in the Bend area, which I'm really excited about that. Um, my goal this year was to win two of the four section majors, so I feel like obviously I'm on you know I'm on at least on trajectory to accomplish that. But my my goal every week is to try to be out there and have a chance on the last day if I shoot either be in the lead or, or close to the lead or at least be within shouting distance. Um, to where if I do have a 29, uh, like at the Northwest Open last August, where you know, obviously 29 is not going to be, you can't rely on that very often. But at least I was close enough to where a great back nine would have gotten me the win, and it did. So my goal every week, every time I play is just to have a chance the last day and, and to see what happens. Because I feel like I do have the ability to run off some birdies and, and make some guys uncomfortable that are ahead of me and, and see what happens. So that's that's all I'm trying to do is get better each week and have a chance. So Well, listen, Shane Pranty, winner of the Washington Open, the uh, lead golf instructor at the home course, Thanks for taking so much time. I know that uh, there is a child that this episode of Dora the Explorer has got to be coming to an end. Uh, I hope they have found the map and the backpack. And I'm sure, I'm sure he has. So, <laughs> Well, we look forward. Let's visit some more throughout the summer. I'll come down and see you guys and uh, would love to just tap uh, on, you know, tap you for your expertise to share with our listeners. I, I really appreciate it. I'm very honored to, I'm very honored to have won yesterday, and I, I appreciate you taking the time and inviting me on your show. You're listening to Golf Talk Seattle with Josh Kearns on Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. Hey, Dick Fan here letting you know that Glen Acres Golf Club has done it again with another incredibly affordable golf option. I've told you about the Member for a Month program, which is still available, by the way. Well, now they've opened up a limited number of Sunset memberships where you can get unlimited late afternoon play seven days a week for just $129. You could be playing unlimited golf at a gem of a private course for the price of two rounds at a public course. Get off work all summer long and have time to play a full 18. Call Glen Acres right now at 206-244-3786 or go online to glenacresgolf.com. With health and fitness all the rage in golf these days, there are plenty of people claiming to be golf trainers and doctors. But Dr. Harry Sesse at Golfletica in Bellevue is the only certified chiropractic sports physician who actually works on tour with top PGA pros. If he can keep tour winners like John Rahm, Andrew Putnam, and others playing and moving their best, you'll be amazed what Doc and the team at Golfletica can do for you. Thanks to their special programs, classes, treatments, and training, You'll play stronger, minimize or eliminate your aches and pains, and better able to enjoy golf in life. Check out golfletica.com in Bellevue today. Hey, golfers, have you played Loomis Trail Golf recently? Boy, you are missing out if not. The northern star of the local golf scene is not only rated as one of the top 10 courses in Washington State, but it's now under new ownership. Course conditions are better than ever, and the rates are a bargain. Also, the new ownership has created a great new partnership with Loomis Trail and the Silver Reef Casino and Spa teaming up for one of the region's best stay-and-play offers. 
Give them a shout. Ask about the new Birdie package. It includes one night stay at the casino resort for two, breakfast for two, golf for two, including golf cart and range balls. You heard that. All of that for just $249. That's right. You get a night stay at the casino resort for two, breakfast, golf for two, a cart, and range balls for just $249. Check them out. Their new website is golfloomis.com. Loomis Trail Golf. It's a true Northwest classic. Hey, Dick Fan here, letting you know that Glen Acres Golf Club has done it again with another incredibly affordable golf option. I've told you about the Member for a Month program, which is still available, by the way. Well, now they've opened up a limited number of Sunset memberships where you can get unlimited late afternoon play seven days a week for just $129. You could be playing unlimited golf at a gem of a private course for the price of two rounds at a public course. Get off work all summer long and have time to play a full 18. Call Glen Acres right now at 206-244-3786 or go online to Glen Acres Golf. Golf.com. 